My name is Jeremy, and this is Good Beer Matters. I'm a beer fan. I'm a pub lover. As far as I'm concerned, beer is the world's greatest drink. We fall in love. We nurse our broken hearts. We celebrate life and death at the pub with a pint, with a beer. It is something that is there for everybody. It's a, we are the equalizer drink. My next guest is a member of the Order of the British Empire and chair of the Worldwide Brewing Alliance. So she's sort of the queen of the beer world. And she's here to kick off Good Beer Matters Worldwide Tour and share some perspective from the top of the beer empire. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. For the craft and culture of beer, this is episode 117 of Good Beer Matters with Emma McClarkin of the Worldwide Brewing Alliance. Well, good morning or good afternoon, Emma. Thank you so much for coming on to the Good Beer Matters podcast. Um, you are my uh, the final guest for season five of 2022 um, before we launch into my, I call it my virtual worldwide tour for next next season next year. Um, but, uh, you, I, I mentioned this to you before, I, you are clearly a very busy woman. Uh, so thank you for spending time with us and, and talking about everything we're about to talk about. Thank you for coming on. No, I'm honored. I'm honored to be your last guest of 2022. Let's all hope it's a brighter 2023. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a good chance it can only get better. <laughs> right. Um, first of all, uh, um, you're uh, just for the sake of introductions. You're Emma McClarkin. Um, I've got a bullet point list, and I and and I'm going to have you uh, go through and verify and even explain some of that stuff because uh, you know as an American, I don't understand the full magnitude of everything on the on the bullet list. But uh, you're a re- recipient of the Order of the British Empire, uh, Chief Executive of the British Beer and Pub Association, uh, uh, the British Member of European Parliament for ten years. Uh, the chairman of the Commonwealth Forum, uh, director of global policy of sports integrity, global alliance, and recently named the chair of the Worldwide Brewing Alliance. Have I have I messed anything up? Have I left anything out? Um, I, 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 I think that will do. I think that pretty much covers the full gambit of it. But there are many things that I do, but I'm equally passionate about all of them is the main thread that links between it all. So, yeah, absolutely delighted to have received my OBE from um, in the Queen's Jubilee list this year. So it's absolutely fantastic to to be able to keep contributing to uh, the hospitality sector, which is what I received my honour for. So please unpack that for the rest of us who don't fully appreciate what that is. Um, if you don't mind. Is, yeah, no, they're very complicated. There's lots of different levels of them. So I'm kind of like mid-tier level um, in terms of the, the order that's been given out. But it's a, a special recognition award um, which is given by uh, the Queen, or was given by the Queen, will now be given by the King, in recognition, in my case, for um, services to the hospitality industry. And that was particularly during the pandemic, um, where we've been through you know, quite a rocky road, I have to say, is one of the hardest yeah. industries that were hit by the pandemic. Um, so it's, it's a wonderful thing to receive, but it really is recognition of my fabulous team that I work with at the British Beer and Pub Association. You know, we've done a phenomenal job in safeguarding the Great British Pub and our Great British Brewers. And uh, I hope that that work will stand the test of time in the continuation of our great industry. And, and just for the sake of context or kind of fleshing this out is this similar to uh, knighthood it is similar but it's um it's that that would be the next tier up uh, to be okay. a dame or um uh a sir but it's, gotcha. it is it is very similar i will go and receive it from uh windsor castle and um a little medal that i can wear um and a, a title that i can use so it, it is a wonderful thing it really is that, well congratulations and as to my understanding it is very well deserved um th- as i continue to occasionally read up on the state of beer and breweries in in uh, the uk um you know the uk com- you know completely not just in england it it appears that my understanding is there, you know, there's still a, a bit of 
challenge, a bit of suffering, not uh, uh, suffering is a, the wrong word, but, um, but, you know, still trying to get back up on his feet. Is that, is that accurate? The state I'm afraid, of, I'm afraid fear? so. Yeah, we were in the very fragile states of recovery. I mean, this year, we were still under restrictions part of this year. So it is really, really tough for us to understand how we can uh, really stabilize when actually we had the war in Ukraine um, that destabilized global supply chains, that increased energy costs globally. Uh, but we seem to be feeling that very keenly in the United Kingdom, where we've seen very high cost inflation. Uh, as well. So it is the perfect storm, or as I call it, the persistent hurricane that keeps raging through. And just when you thought you got on top of one challenge, the next one rolls in. Um, you know, at the moment, unfortunately, in the UK, that is rail strikes, which of course really knocks consumer confidence, upon which we desperately need to yeah. win back our consumers. We need the footfall um, in order to rebuild. So it, it does sometimes feel that we are. Um, you know, caught in some very, very difficult headwinds, as many businesses are globally too. Um, but they seem to always be coming together at the perfect time or the the wrong time, I should say. Um, well, but it, we desperately it, need a Christmas this year. That's one thing for sure. And at the moment, it is uncertain whether we'll have a good Christmas trade, which will see us through um, the colder months of January, February and March. Well, it, it appears again. I, I'm I'm just looking at my external sources. I don't I don't live there, but it appears that just the inflation has hit the world, but particularly it seems to hit the UK, uh, you know, quite directly. Um, instead of a glancing blow and and some other countries, um, you mentioned the war in Ukraine. I can only imagine the ripples just expand out from uh, the impact there. Um, uh, what else? What else am I missing? There's there's a lot of things. Oh, uh, uh, Ten Downing Street appears in the news to have become a uh, a revolving door, and uh, so I'm sure uh, I'm sure that there are a number of struggles that are indirectly impacting just beer and beer sales and breweries. Yeah, we we feel it all very very keenly, and you know I think we we have um, Brexit, then the pandemic, then the war in Ukraine. Then the yeah. cost of inflation, but we've had, unfortunately, political instability throughout that time. We've been through three, um, three prime ministers this year. Um, yeah. So it just, is it's quite tough to keep up sometimes, and the markets have responded to that instability. So that hasn't been helpful. And when your role as a trade association is to be you know, navigating um, the political landscape and try to read it for your members, it's been in particularly difficult um, challenge for us this year. We're hoping that that now we are seeing more stability coming in politically. Hopefully, the markets will settle down. But the reality is, is that Christmas is ten percent of our trading, and uh, and we need to get that in in order to keep going. And actually, you know, we have had some energy support um, from the government, uh, which we hope will be extended for an additional three months into next year, but at the moment they haven't actually made a, a decision about that. So there are lots of factors that are still up in the air, a lot of costs to business, you know, and I, I think as everybody was sort of um, marking their recovery, even globally, they were looking at like for like, are oh, you at like for like, but like for like doesn't really add up anymore because your profitability has been massively squeezed by the pressures that we're seeing globally and cost inflation across the, the whole of the supply chain. So it is really tough to, to make the ends meet, I have to say. And that's um, something that we have to try and, you know, we have to put the buckles in and we have to see if we can survive um, what's going to be a, a very, very bumpy winter. Um, but I hope that there'll be some some light on the horizon with 2023. I'm going to try yeah. and find some positivity throughout all of this. Well, and and maybe, you know, one source of positivity amidst the storms, um, all economics and politics aside, one thing that just isn't adding up for me is beer has always been that thing that we celebrate with. And it's always been that thing that we commiserate with. Beer's always been that thing we go to good times and bad. Why is there, given that, why is there still so much of a, a challenge? Uh, you know, the pandemic, that was a completely different you know, story. I mean, you can't go out, but you know, why is beer still uh, a challenge in the UK despite that fact? Well, as far as I'm concerned, beer is the world's greatest drink. Um, and, you know, I, I'm 
a beer fan. I'm a pub lover. And, you know, you, we do. We celebrate life and death. At the pub with a pint with a beer uh wet the baby's head we fall in love we nurse our broken hearts and you know for me it's about you know sometimes what will be the only conversation in, that someone might have in a day is over over a beer in a bar and that might keep them going and if we don't have the access to do that in the future or it becomes too uh, expensive for people um, to do then then that becomes a, a major issue it's something that I can you know really sell and believe in passionately when I'm talking to politicians you know the affordability of a pint in the Great British pub it is it is something that is there for everybody it's a, it, we are the equalizer drink we every walk of life um, comes in and has a pint of, of British beer uh, or any beer and and we need to be able to protect that um, and the people that work in the industry, of course, their jobs are dependent on it too. And we create so many more jobs in our industry um, than maybe other alcohol producers do. And uh, I believe that, you know, it's, it's something from the grassroots, it's heritage and it comes all the way through. Um, but it's getting harder and harder for us to, to be able to keep it affordable and for us to, to win through. But the positive news is, is that the media in the UK particularly, but even globally, um, uh, really care about the Great British Pub and our Great British Beer and, yeah. and what it means. And uh, sort of having that there as a go-to, as a comfort, um, knowing that it's gonna be there and indelibly uh, for the future. They always swing behind us, the media, they always come to our aid and they keep it very, very uh, present in the politician's mind that this is important to people. You know, they want to be able to go out on a Friday night and know that they can afford a few beers in the bar or the pub and and that's that's just what they want to know they can do because it's conviviality um if you look at trading through the pandemic beer was down in the uk we were down like 55 percent uh wine and spirits went up and the reason why is because people want to go to a pub to have a beer they want that conviviality that comes with being in the pub they want that conversation they want to have that and when they drink at home we know that they were taking higher volume products and that was a problem um you know so it was really difficult for us to to see our way through the pandemic um and it's still a challenge for us to find our place there but we know that we're firmly in people's hearts um that's for sure and we just have to keep reminding them of that and it's very emotive and it's something that people care deeply about and we find that the media help us remind the politicians of that when they sometimes look that they forget it well and i think uh pubs breweries tap houses as we call them here in, in the u.s i imagine all around the world as well they are one of those third places uh, you know, we've got work, we've got home, and then we've got that third place that you mentioned for that conviviality to spend time in. And that makes sense that um, you take that away, then people still need to kind of take the edge off somehow, even though we can't head to the pub. Yeah. And and yeah. so my next question is, and you may have partially just answered this, but of all the things you could have done with your your ability, your your brains, your voice, why why beer? Why did you get involved in beer? Because yeah, I'm a genuine beer lover. And um, when I became a member of the European Parliament, um, I was aware that there was a beer club. And um, so I ended up becoming the <laughs> vice president of the European Parliament's beer club, supporting the industry um, because it means so much to people. And actually working together with through the brewers of Europe, it was a really nice way to understand we're all trying to do that in different parts of the world. And then at the uh, Worldwide Brewing Alliance, that's really scaling up that collaboration to, yes, protect our heritage and our culture, but also to say, you know, we're an economic um, player, um, a sector, a producer, job creator, but actually we bring enormous social value with our product um, and what we do. And that has to be given... Um, some place and uh, some credit and um, that's why I always say that we're different from other people but yeah if I was going to be doing a job um, I have to feel passionate about it and when they said you know would you like to come and head up the beer and pub association I was like it was a no-brainer I'm in. <laughs> that's awesome um, and uh, so talking about the British Beer and Pub Association what exactly is that what does that do? 
So we're a trade association that represents 90% of the beer that's brewed in the UK. We have um, uh, the Small Independent Brewers Association as well, so the, the rest of them are represented there. Um, but we also actually are unusual in the UK because um, many of the, the brewing associations are just brewers, but actually we also represent half of the pubs in the United Kingdom as well. So we are a significant um, voice because we represent something that's bricks and mortar that people can see, which is often okay. a problem with our brewers because they're often not seen. Um, mm -hmm. And it's difficult to, to sort of have that visual on it. So, um, but it is a powerful combination and the two together is, uh, it, you know, we, we have been incredibly successful in winning support for the sector and helping promote them with the things that they're trying to achieve. So we, at the same time as helping them with the crisis management through the pandemic, we are also helping them progress on the sustainability agenda and showcasing the work that our brewers are doing. And they're doing some phenomenal work um, or leading our members um, into equality, diversity and inclusivity and, you know, showcasing what we're doing in terms of really welcoming communities um, in all of their uh, diversity uh, within our venues and also um, in our businesses. And that's something that, um, that I also care about deeply too, is that we have to reflect the communities that we're at the heart of. Um, yeah. but because that is why people will single us out. And so your sector, when everyone else is feeling the pain, deserves this extra support because there's something something very special about you is it sounds similar to the brewers association in the u.s um can you compare those you know one-to-one -one for the most part um i think the, the the fact that we have the the the, the pubs element is is quite significant but yeah okay. we obviously um there's the brewers association and then there's the the institute so we do a lot of the lobbying as well yeah, directly okay. with government affecting policy so thinking about how we can, um, you know, sculpt the regulatory environment for them uh, and support them in their businesses uh, and it's support them with their priorities. That's really what we do at the BBPA. And uh, but I've been here for three years and two and a half years of that's been in. Well, more than that, really, has been in crisis management. So <laughs> I'm waiting for yeah. normality to hit and what it feels like in normal yeah. time. So so, you know, the the current events and the pandemic aside, you know, uh, what, is, what is life? Well, I was going to ask you, what is life like the BBPA normally, but you may not know you, you showed up just in time for the storm and you've been, you know, sticking it out ever since. I've had windows, I've had windows into this world of what it might look like. Hospitality is a great industry to work in and you'll find people in the beer industry and the pub industry, they stay in it their entire careers when they do and they've known each other for years um because it's such a great industry so when we stop we know how to have fun you know people that brew <laughs> people that work in hospitality that they know how to have fun and they know how to host people and that's what's really nice to do is to get out and about actually and go around visit my members talk to their teams go into the brewery and smell uh the whole process um, from beginning to end and, and of course the tasting element is pretty good uh, on the other side so I think there are there are many things that I know are really great about this industry and they keep me going and they keep all of my team going as well um, and uh, small packages that arrive occasionally uh, that are drinkable are very enjoyable too. Yes, the the, the care packages. The, uh, <laughs> the, the You're part of the, uh, the, the British U, uh, QA team I imagine. Um, so speaking of hospitality, uh, you know, at least here in the U.S., you know, hospitality, uh, pub jobs, hotels, whatever, they they often start out as a I just need a job. Let's go somewhere where I can get in easy, make some decent money, have a flexible schedule. And and then 10 years later, next thing you know, I'm, I'm in management and I'm I'm kind of in the hospitality industry. And um, and, and that's. And I'm creating a horrific stereotype of hospitality here, but it is a legitimate, wonderful career here, but oftentimes people don't give it the regard that is due. What is the state of it worldwide, but most specifically in the UK? Is it is being a publican a something to be revered? Is it something to that someone just defaulted to? What's it like there? 
Um, I think people have a lot of reverence for our publicans, I have to say, but it, hospitality more generally, I think it's a very similar picture. The uh, perception of it is that it's not a long-term career um, and that it's kind of something that you is a stopgap uh, moment for you um, and if you can't figure out what else you want to do. But actually, it's yeah. a wonderful choice to make. And so we've started a, a campaign in the UK called Hospitality Rising to exactly challenge people on their perceptions of the industry. I mean, if you're a, a younger person and you want to progress fast, hospitality is a great industry for you to do that. You can start as a glass washer. You can end up in as the CEO on, on the board. And I've got several examples of that. You know, you can go very quickly through the ranks. Um, in other areas, you can't do that. In other careers, you, you wouldn't be able to do that so quickly and have, have, have as much fun doing it. You know, that's the thing about us is that we have a lot of fun along the way. And um, we're a people business, essentially, uh, making people happy, serving people, keeping people ha happy within our teams so they can continue to, to deliver that hospitality. It is, it is a wonderful place to work. And we really want, you know, careers officers and schools to take us more seriously. You know, there are people that are suited to different careers in life. If you're a people person, if you like to be doing different things and different challenges with every day completely different, then check out hospitality because we have an awful lot of fun uh, roles that are needing these people to come into them to help save the industry. Well, and, and I certainly would all add to that story. My, my own experience was, you know, I, I thought I need to go get a real job because that's what you are supposed to do. Um, and I found my way into restaurants in between from supposed real job to supposed real job. I found my way into restaurants and bars like, like, like many of us do. It's that stopgap. It's like, I don't know what else to do for right now, but I need to pay the bills. I need to put food on the table. I'll, I'll go do this. Um, and it was there that you mentioned, uh, you're very passion driven. A lot of us are passion driven. I'd like to take it a step further and say, I found my passion there, but I also found my purpose there, which is why I do what I do now. Because as you said, it's, uh, or I mentioned it's a third place, but it's that place for conviviality. It's a place where we can be happy. It's where that place where we can commiserate with each other. We can get together to figure out what's happening. Well, not necessarily with the pandemic, but what's happening with inflation and, and the war and, and whatever we, we need to decompress from the, you know, the sometimes the harsher uh, realities of life. Um, and what a great way to do that and remind us why it's not as bad as we think. To me, that's what all this is about. And it's nice to see that in the UK that there is a little bit more regard for publicans and and, and, and that sort of thing too. But I, I, to your point, I can't imagine another industry where you can pick up an extraordinary skill set that can send you on your way, whether you stay in hospitality or not. The skill set you learn here is extraordinary. I think the only thing that might rival that would be the military. And, you know, that's a very, very different industry. Um, I agree. The life skills, uh, people skills, and uh, being able to think on your feet, literally. I mean, that that's hospitality. You're having to deal with something different every day and uh, different people every day. Uh, and, and you're also learning skills of management. Um, uh, and sort of everything that you do, you absorb is, is something that can form you in a different way. And, and yeah. the pub is, you know, to me, a home from home, as you say, you know, it's a home from home for me, but we're encouraging businesses to adapt and do things in different ways. Some people are now working from the office, you know, if they're working from home, but they're tired of being in the same environment that they're supposed to re relax in all day, then they're going to come back uh, to, so they're coming into the pub and we're encouraging them to do so. And so we're having to evolve our hospitality as well to adapt and flex and, and that's hugely exciting. So we, we've talked about some uh, issues that are affecting the, our, our pub experience, our beer experience. Let, let's pull a little bit higher up now. Uh, you're also the, uh, the chair of the Worldwide Brewing Alliance. So now we're looking at things on a global level. And, and, and I, I, I have a feeling I could just rewind this, uh, this uh, interview so far and just replay them and say, these are the same issues that are affecting us on a worldwide level. Would that, is that a fair summation? I think different parts of the country have um, gone through the pandemic and survived in different states, um, depending on what 
the restrictions they were under during that pandemic, different populations responded in different ways as well. So consumer habits are changing yeah. um, post the pandemic. And so it's think of figuring out what your local regional population want. What do your consumers want today? But there are lots of things that we have in common. Uh, the challenges of global supply chain pressures, uh, cost inflation that we're seeing at varying levels, but it's there. Um, and adding pressure into our businesses. Uh, getting people back to work in hospitality, of course, that's one of our um, common issues that we have as well, getting our hands on the labor that we need so that we can deliver that service. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so those things are very, very common. And then of course, there's always the, the other issues that are attached to alcohol. So looking at how alcohol is treated globally, whether it's on advertising, from a health perspective, um, or, or looking at how we play our role in, in development. You know, if we look at that from the, the Worldwide Brewing Alliance, so we're working with the uh, Africa Beer Group and talking about how, you know, beer is creating jobs and affecting communities and helping with development. It plays its role there. So there are some very positive aspects to it. There are some watch outs that we all keep out on guard for collectively as a Worldwide Brewing Alliance. Um, but it is a great place to come together to say, you know, we're experiencing this. Has anybody else experienced that before, either now or in the past? And how did you tackle that? And how can we do that today? And that's what we hope to do at the WBA. Well, and I, w I want to dive a little bit more into that. But before we do, I, I think I need to hover over this. What exactly is the WBA for those of us who don't know? So the Worldwide Brewing Alliance um, is a an association uh, of members that brew so it will include the brewers of Europe it includes the British Beer and Pub Association but it also includes uh, the four global brewers directly and, and other players in the market um, we're also hoping to have the Mexican Beer Association join us as well so we, we really wrap around the world in, in terms of our representation and uh, we come together to do exactly that to say how can we impact uh, global policy in the area of alcohol how can we help sustain our businesses and impacting um, you know their environments uh, in a positive way and also then uh, be looking at how we can connect with people be that within our workforce be them our consumers uh, but also the people that we may need um, in the future to help uh, defend the industry so it's it's really um, a good place for us to come together and see what we need to do at that global level to help uh, everybody at their regional level. And, and so that's where I see there's a um, a perception of a mismatch. I mean, you're working on a global level, so you're dealing with pandemic, war, supply chain, economics, um, access, um, sustainability, uh, diversity. I would imagine as well. But it seems on the on the global scale that that diversity level seem seems to be a little bit uh, it solves itself when you're dealing with different cultures. I would imagine, right? But they... well, there's still there's still barriers to break down everywhere. And, you know, oftentimes what we all forget to do, and this is not just our industry, but other industries as well, is that you forget to tell people what you're doing. So you know, okay, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just saying, you know, have you communicated about X because we know you're doing this great piece of work on diversity or on sustainability. Are you telling your consumers about that? Do they know yeah. that that's happening? Do the politicians know you're doing that? Because if they're unaware of, of that, um, they may not be coming to you, uh, your venue or your product, or they, they may not understand the impact of your industry. And that's something that we try to remind them of. Well, and that's the thing that's interesting to me to be because, you know, as a beer nerd, when we think about the great beer cultures, we think about the UK, we think about Germany, we think about Belgium. Um, these days, we think about US and, and I can certainly, uh, having grown up in Southern California, I'll certainly throw Mexico into that mix as well. Because um, sitting beachside with a plate full of tacos and a, and a Mexican beer is just a wonderful thing to behold. But what about a place like South America, Africa, other parts of Europe where they're not really known uh, as a beer culture yet, but as craft beer proliferates throughout the world and you have these different cultures kind of, uh, you know, making the, the IPA, the, the American West Coast IPA with their own little twist. When are we going to see this kind of a more of a global um, style uh, uh, emerge, you know, a little bit, everyone kind of more on a level playing field? Well, I, I like diversity in my beer. So, you know, when I go somewhere, I seek out their local 
um, brew. That's what I do. Um, and so I don't want there to see this homogenization of everything. I want this um, beer culture diversity uh, in what we're brewing and what we're bringing to the palate. And I think that there are beer cultures uh, globally. They're just not as market dominated as perhaps um, they are in, in, the, in the Western and the developed world. So we have to look at their cultures. So some people in Africa, for example, they'll have informal beer, they call it. Um, so they'll be drinking beer. It just won't be a branded beer. It would be maybe one they've made themselves and that creates its own problems. But it's understanding the culture in those countries, their, their connection with beer and how we can add to that, improve that um, and, and all, work with, all work in that system. So it's, it's understanding where our role is and what we can do to make a difference. Of course, we would love to, to make um, exporting routes into markets around the world as well, but it is also about creating, you know, understanding that beer is um, a, a low, in the main, a low volume product that is good for people drinking in moderation. And mm -hmm. can we support that? And it may be using different products to produce your beer. And it's really exciting what we can try to do to to sort of globally raise the awareness uh, of of the beer as a culture and beer as heritage, because it's not always evident to everybody that it is. Sure. And and naturally, there are there are beers that we can get around the world. Um, you know, I, I can get a Fuller's here. You can you can get a uh, Dogfish Head there, I would imagine. Um but, you know, to me, part of the story that we're talking about is, you know, I, I appreciate the business. I appreciate the politics and the economics. But as far as the culture of beer, you just mentioned the culture of beer. That's something that I, I love. You know, kind of beer travel is a is a compound word we now use. You know, we may go to the UK because we want to go see Big Ben um, uh, and, and Windsor Castle and all that stuff. But we're also going there because we want to try this local beer. We, we want to go to Africa to try their local beer. We want to go to Brazil to have a Zinju, you know, it's so that the idea of that beer culture still manifests. Does the WBA, um, do anything in those regards, uh, as, as trying to foster this beer culture and, and, and market this beer culture specifically? Yeah, that's it's what we're not marketing. That's the the job we leave to our to our members. But you know, showcasing global beer definitely um, finding routes and connectivity is something we really want to also encourage as well. And that's something I do uh, also with the, the government in the UK is working with the Department for International Trade, saying where are the opportunities globally? Where can we connect to um, for us to take our products? into new markets and so that's that's really exciting and thinking about how we can do that but really at the moment we're quite in um a new format i uh, we've we're only sort of four four years now in the kind of structure that we're in at the wba and i've only just started my two-year term as its chair sure. and so it's thinking about how can we help you know the industry get back on its feet right now and where sure. the opportunities are for the future and I think that's where we all are at this moment. It's just trying to, can we get back on our feet? And when we do, where should we be looking? And that's what we're there to do. Well, and, and that's, that's good to hear. Granted, I know you've just been appointed. And so you're, you're still, you're still getting your legs underneath you uh, uh, as well. Um, but, and so you may not have a, a perfect answer to this yet, but if you're looking at things from a global level, granted, again, we talked about this, you know, the politics, the economics, the supply chain, all that stuff. We're talking about culture. But if I am a brewer in a small African town or a small town in Mexico or where, wherever I am, I could be in the middle of Antarctica with a brewery, uh, God willing. But if I, I'm going to have very specific needs that may not be different from other people around the world how how do you approach trying to help brewers in that in that world being being part of the wba we don't try to over control somebody else's agenda so if they will have their regional differences um different priority areas and we will leave their regional associations to to deal with those more directly but they'll feed them up into uh, us at the wba and we'll say, okay, what formats have we got at the multinational level that we can deal with these issues? You know, so it might be that, you know, we'll go to Geneva and we'll talk to the ambassadors there 
that are at the WTO from a trade perspective or at the WHO from a health perspective. And we'll start and have the conversations at that level that will help hopefully set, you know, standards that come all the way down or recommendations that will feed all the way down. But we're very aware of what's happening on the ground in terms of um, changes in the uh, regulatory environment for all different parts of the world. And if we can lean in to support those um, associations on the ground, then that's what we're there to do. Um, but it's, it is something that we, we want to help with eventually, but it is sort of the main associations feeding in, the main brewers feeding in. Sure. Um, but I, I feel, you know, I don't represent all the brewers in the UK, but I have a responsibility, nor all the pubs, but I, but I also have a responsibility because I speak as a spokesman for the industry. And I'm always conscious of that that this is something you're speaking of to a wider audience mm-hmm. um, than perhaps the hat allows you to. But that's that's something you have to take into consideration in the role, and that's something we do at the WBA as well. Well, and then on that same vein of thought, and, and I appreciate there's, you know, there, the hierarchy structure and as an access or a, as a support group um, to, just to make sure everyone has access. That, that, that makes sense. But you have a lot of uh, things you're going to deal with on a global stage i mean we're dealing once again you know war politics and all all the stuff we just mentioned but you're also dealing with uh sustainability environmental practices uh human rights uh cultural impact there's a lot of spinning plates in the air right now with that how do you manage all that uh uh, with um lots of long arms um but you know there there was just constant challenges if you think about them all too much they they seem insurmountable but but we're always taking steps forward and that's what i always say is if a journey seems impossible or too long just take the first step in that journey not everybody at every scale in their business can do the same thing you know not everybody can switch to all renewable energy overnight not every business can install solar panels or a wind turbine to offset all of their carbon it's taking the small steps that build up over time that will make a big difference. And it's just saying, you know, really, I, I always say the BBPA is that, you know, we're taking you on a journey. You may be at different stages in that journey, but we're on the journey together. And so it's just finding the ways that we can take every member or on that journey is, is really important. And those issues will, you know, that's what you get your positivity from when I say I'm looking for the positivity because it is, if you're moving forward, it doesn't matter if you're running, as long as you're moving, um, you know, that's, it's all going to add up to something at the end of the day. And that's what we do. That's what I do as someone who is an advocate and a spokesman and a leader in the industry is you show the way and you keep encouraging people to keep going in the right direction. And, And that's what we hope that we do. What are some of the successes that you've been particularly proud of in your time um i think our campaign long live the local is a phenomenal success um and And i'm sorry which what is it it's called long live the local it's a campaign that we started at the british beer and pub association it has phenomenal traction um and is the uh the strongest consumer campaign that's ever lobbied the the uk parliament and with the most amount of of signatories have have signed up to that over the years as well it is recognized as being the leading campaign from from any sector so um we're really really proud of that uh the, the piece of work that we've done with long live the local I mean, achieving the support that we did and, and getting nine billions worth of support for my sector throughout the pandemic that saved many of their businesses. You know, that's that's something I'm enormously proud of, of myself and my team for being able to achieve for them. But really, it will be in perhaps years to come that we'll see where those real successes have been. Um, you can sow the seeds of something and they'll take lots of time. Um, but if we can keep as many brewers brewing um, and as many pubs open as we possibly can, then I'll take that. That's wonderful. Um, uh, as you embark forward uh, with your, your global appointment, what are your goals in the next two years? So with a global appointment, it's, it's really important that we take that bird's eye view. And I think that my experience coming uh, from international politics will really help. So, you know, if you're a UK member of the European Parliament, you represent the UK, but you also see the European view. And then when I went to work, um, you know, when it, representing at the, the World Trade Organization, you zoom up again and you have that, that proper bird's eye view of a situation where you can hopefully, 
influence that and uh, lever something in the right direction. Um, for me, I hope that we can really improve the the presence and the um, the the knowledge about our low and no products. The amount of investment mm. that's gone into creating great tasting beers with um, you know low or zero alcohol in them, helping people moderate their drinking, giving them an alternative at the bar, not allowing them to look like the, the person that's there with, with an orange juice all night, and um, you know still feeling part of the party. That is a huge move by the industry, and if we can get global recognition of that with market share growing, but also in terms of others understanding our role that it plays within the health and well-being agenda, I think that would be something really significant, and I hope that we can achieve that at the WBA. Yeah, I, I think that is such a worthy endeavor to, one, make sure everyone gets home safely at night, but two that they have that flavor journey, that flavor experience, and as you say, remain a part of the party and not just sipping on some juice in the corner. Uh, I think that is just such a, a worthy endeavor. And, and, uh, I think about the changes I've seen it just in, in my drinking time of non-alcoholic to what we have today. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, it's such a better time for that. I know because you don't miss out on taste. And for anyone out there who has not tried some of our low and no products, go out and give them a go because they are phenomenal and so popular now in the UK that they're actually on draft in, in the bar. And that is oh, a game cool. changer when you can actually go up and order a drink, same as anybody else. It's been like this in Spain for many, many years. So see this, WBA learning from the different markets and understanding how it works and how they are ahead when it comes to the low and low market is really important. But I think the move to draft was um, a significant one. And I hope it's one that catches on because you can even switch up your drinking if you want in the middle of the night, as I often do, you know, um, and say, oh, just have one of those now. Thanks. One on, one off, one on, one off. You won't lose out on taste. And I think that that's the message that needs to get out there. Well, and, and as a publican, it, it, it would, it serves me better if I offer some of these lower, you know, if I'm, if I'm selling a barley wine, if you and I are out drinking at a pub and we have a barley wine, I'm guessing we may have one, maybe two before we get a ride home. Um, but if we have a, 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 uh, an average beer and then a non-alcoholic beer, well, now, now we're buying three or four beers and a publican is selling even more beers. And it's just, it's a win-win all the way around. Um, especially now that they actually have good flavor. Um, what do you wish more beer professionals knew, or even, even the consumers for that matter, what do you wish they understood, uh, about the beer business on a global level? Um, you know, the pandemic has taught us a lot of things. There have been some silver linings. I think the collaboration that we did during the pandemic, helping each other out, you know, letting competitivity subside a little, it's always going to be there in the edges, but how you can work together to support each other, you know, um, in production, in distribution, in, in just exchanging your business experiences and making contacts with people. I think working in collaboration is something that was a real positive that came out of the pandemic. And to a large extent, I see some of that uh, collaboration continuing moving forwards. A competition will always creep back in, but I think that if we can maintain that, I think that that would be really helpful for all of us in terms of our growth. We're all dealing with similar challenges, um, similar problems, trying to find solutions together. And, you know, sometimes helping each other um, is, is the right thing to do. And it's a good thing to do. And it doesn't always have to mean that you lose your edge on, on competition. So I hope that that will be a silver lining that comes out of the pandemic that we can work on going forwards. Uh, collaborative comp competitiveness? Collaborative competitiveness, maybe. Um, but just that spirit, because in, as an industry, we have to cling together. Yeah. Um, we have to stand side by side and we have to, you know, put all put our shoulders to the wheel. And that means that, yeah, sometimes you have to say, okay, collaboration is more valuable than perhaps uh, other elements sometimes. But, you know, it's, it's something that we have to stand up for and defend together. And that's why the WBA exists. And that's why we try to do is to bring everybody together to stand shoulder to shoulder so that we can say, you know, beer is fantastic. It's low, uh, low volume. It's in moderation. Beer is inclusive. Beer is community. Beer is for development. You know, all of these things. And if we say it together, our voice will be incredibly loud. And that's exactly what we need to make sure that it continues. 
in healthy shape for many years to come. Well, this is a wonderful segue to my last serious question before we start just have some fun and close out. But um, through my research of preparing for this, I've learned that you're a force, you're an advocate, you, and you have a very strong voice for for the beer industry, particularly uh, among other industries that you've participated in. What do you have to say to uh, specifically to women working in the beer industry in any country who are still struggling to be that force, to, to be that advocate, and are still struggling to find their voice? Yeah, it is a really big part of the work that we're doing on equality, diversity and inclusivity is that, you know, beer is for everybody. And that's not just as a consumer, that is also within our workforces and within our businesses. And we have to find ways uh, to, to encourage everybody to see that as an industry. And it has been, beer has been a male dominated industry for many years and can still put off people. So we need to think about the language we're using, the tone we're using, the way we advertise. Uh, our product, the way we advertise our jobs, you know, are we using a language that's going to attract somebody? Um, and women is part of that. And if we want our businesses to reflect that, we really have to spend time and careful consideration thinking about how we can attract the right people. I'm really proud to say that in the UK, we are getting more and more people coming into brewing, more female brewers. It's absolutely fantastic, um, award winning. Um, head of brewing directors, you know, it, it is something that we need to see. It's going to take time, but we need to make those changes now so you can have your business ready for those people to feel comfortable in uh, tomorrow. But you make those changes today um, to hopefully encourage them in. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a beer lover. I will uh, wax lyrical about beer and uh, working in the industry is, is just as fantastic. So for me, I just say, if you have a voice, uh, use it. If you know of a woman in your industry that does a great job, but she doesn't really uh, shine her own light, then go and shine the light on her and, and really showcase what she's doing. Give her the confidence to progress and, and you'll have a female leader in your industry and you'll be able to say, you know, we really reflect truly with in our businesses the people that we serve and that that that's what it's all about wonderful thank you for that um so i, I have some good news for you um you've recently recently been appointed the chair of the wba but tomorrow you are going to be uh crowned the queen of the entire uh beer world um and and you get to be the benevolent autocrat of the beer world What's the first thing you would like to change, Your Highness? I, I, the, the, to change in the beer world? Um, to improve I upon. Use, <laughs> I, to, we need to see the duty come down globally, worldwide. We need reduced global beer duty to recognize the role that we play as a low volume product um, so we can keep investing in people, which is what we do, um, and we can keep uh, it an affordable, uh, affordable luxury for all um, and make sure that we can compete in markets all around the world so that we have beer diversity. So it's all, unfortunately, it's a fiscal one, but it's, it's all about taxation. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it affects us all profoundly, whether we pay attention to such things or not. So um, the, the other good news I have for you is at the end of your uh, day as uh, queen of the beer world, you get to, uh, you know, the globe is going to fly you anywhere in the world to have any beer and anything you want to eat. Where would you go and what would you have? Well, um, I went to Denmark about three weeks ago and it was great, great beer brewing nation, fantastic beer there. Um, but they have um, a very special beer called the Tears of Enzo, which I didn't Ooh. try because it's only in an exclusive restaurant. So I think I'd have to go to the Alchemist in in Copenhagen and have an order, a bottle of the Tears of Enzo, um, which I haven't tried, which I'd love to. Oh, wow. That, I, that sounds like there's a story there, but we'll save that for another day. <laughs> um, well, just, I mean, just the name, the name of that, the Tears of Enzo. Um, it was about the, the racing car driver, um, okay, you know, yeah. the very famous one. And he apparently never cried, like never showed any emotion. So they named it after what his tears would taste like if he did cry, you know, sort of godlike in in that way so uh, it's quite the story behind it but it's very very exclusive beer which you have to go to specifically you have to get on the wait list to get in to get 
that beer. Um, but yeah, I'd love to give it a go. Wonderful. Um, uh, and another question is uh, from all of your experiences and all of your passions and devotion to, to service in the beer world. Why does good beer matter so much? Oh, uh, good beer matters so much because it brings people together. It brings people together. It, it, it is something that brings joy and it's something that everybody looks forward to at the end of the day. And I'm already looking forward to mine. Uh, with my uh, Monday guilt-free beer. This is, um, yeah, it's something that brings people together and it's the home from home. It's that place where you feel you can relax and be yourself. And that's how you are when you when you go to, to the bar and have a beer. And that's why it really matters. But it matters to community. It reflects the, the people that are there, the local sports club that's sponsored by the local brewer and that we all get together and we celebrate. And yeah, it's just... It's just a wonderful, wonderful product that means so much to so many. Wonderful. Uh, if anyone's listening and they want to know more, uh, where could they go to connect with you and the work that you're doing at the British Beer Pub and uh, Association and the WBA? Yeah, well, uh, you can look us up at beerandpub.com. It's very simple, <laughs> very, very simple. Beerandpub.com. That will connect you through to me and uh, connect you through to the WBA as well. But um, on social media as well, um, you'll find me there occasionally behaving myself, occasionally not. Um, but most <laughs> of the time, yeah, I'm, and I'm there. So please do connect if you're interested in, in talking about beer and protecting our great industry. Wonderful. And lastly, the stage is yours. If you have any final words you want to say. Goodness. Um, keep drinking beer, keep believing in beer, um, and keep bringing people to beer. I think that's really important and that's important for businesses. It's important for us as people is bring people in, you know, bring people together. That's what beer does. And that's when we're all at our best. Wonderful. Thank you so much for the work you're doing, the work you've done, the work you will continue to do, but thank you for being here to share with all of us listening about how through the work that you're doing, we really are more connected than we're not through beer, if nothing else. Um, and we all are enduring the same things, uh, whether we realize it or not. And so, uh, thank you for helping bring us together with a beer in our hand, which just makes it that much better. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> well, it's morning for me and I have a beer yet, but thank you for raising that, uh, that, uh, that mug with the, the mystery liquid. Um, anyway, thank you very much. And, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's a hard thing to keep an eye on high-level ideas and on-the-ground execution at the same time. But I think that's exactly what we need, both a global and a local perspective on the craft and culture of beer. Emma and the WBA will do their part. We can do ours. In the next episode, we take a virtual trip across the world to visit with the first advanced Cicerone in his country. I'm on a virtual tour of the craft and culture of beer around the globe. I've also put Good Beer Matters on video so I can take you along for the ride. If you know a person, place, or a beer story that needs to be told, let me know. Meanwhile, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let your world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers. <laughs>